Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. So I want to start out by telling a little story. Lewis and I have been married almost nine years. I don't know where the time goes, really. It's like, wow, that's almost ten years. But whenever we first got married, um, I had to make room for him. Anybody ever have to make room for somebody? Well, um, I had this. I have a walk-in closet, and it was really full. And there was no room for Louis DeVu in his clothes and his 39 jackets. I'm just saying, Louis. <laughs> I know there's 39 me who never wears jackets or a coat. And so I, we get married, and it's just like, what are you doing with all these coats? He goes, well... I might need them. It's like, no, you don't need all of those. And so he still has 39. I think he may. I don't know. Lewis's rule, just, you know, to help you with your organizing, Lewis's rule is that when you buy something, you take something out and you bring it over to the pantry. And so he's much better at it than I am. Although yesterday I was looking for a top in my closet because I couldn't find it. And so because, like, he's all organized. He has all of his long sleeves together. They're all turned the same way, and they're all buttoned. And I'm like, I don't even understand how that works. Like, I hang my clothes up when I get them out of the washer. I don't dry them. And if they're inside out, I don't care. I just hang them up there inside out. It's not a big deal. I know what they look like. And so that might be why I couldn't find what I needed in my closet yesterday. (laughs) And so I got rid of 12 tops. I was so proud of myself. And I was like this little bitty kid. Whenever he came in, I said, I said, Louis, I said, you're going to be so excited. I said, do you know what I did? And he goes, you've been preparing for tomorrow. And I said, well, that too. I said, but I cleaned out 12 things out of my closet. I said, are you so proud of me? <laughs> he says, yes, baby, I'm so proud of you. He's just awesome. He just always encourages me. And so anyway, when we got married... Um, I had this walk-in closet, and it was all full of stuff, and none of it was his. And so my mom, she says, Mona, you're going to have to make room for him. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. And she says, you're going to have to clean it out, and I'm going to come over and help you. One whole Saturday, it took us to clean out my closet. I'm like, I don't know where all this came from. She goes, I don't know where it came from, but it's got to go. And so we had piles in our floor in the bedroom. And then we might have ended up with maybe a partial truckload. I don't know, that... It's kind of fuzzy. I don't really remember that. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you told on me. Two truckloads. Was it really? I think you're exaggerating. <laughs> I know it was PTSD. I was passing through some darkness. Okay. All right. So I totally blocked that out. So anyway, I had to make room for him. And one of the things in my closet is I had, and I still have, like, For women, how many of you women have um, clothes of a variety of sizes? I don't know. Maybe you men do too. I don't know. Lewis always stays the same size. I don't know. He's so blessed. But anyway, I I have like these variety of sizes. It's like, but they're not in any order, you know. And it's like, so then it's like, oh, that don't fit anymore. And then I save those other sizes in case I gain a little bit of weight. And then I don't have to go buy something else. It's like, that is totally wrong thinking. I need to get rid of them so that I don't think it's okay to grow back in them. And so I'm just letting you in my head 
to say, hey, the struggle is real whenever we need to make room for other things, all right? I'm going someplace with this because we hoard. Any hoarders in this room? I just confessed. And Lewis just like spilled the rest of the beans about the two truckloads, okay? Any hoarders in here? Anybody keep stuff that you don't need to hold on to? Yeah, some of you are pointing fingers at your spouse. Just saying, yeah. Well, I may ask you that at the end because I believe that we all hoard things, we all carry things that we're not supposed to carry. Because Jesus wants to be the thing. He wants to be the main thing. He wants to be the only thing. We can hoard our spiritual gifts. Just say it, ouch. Well, I don't have time. I'm busy. Anybody ever heard that? I'm busy, busy being under Satan's yoke. Busy. Busy. We can be doing things for God. And we forget to seek him because of who he is. If you were here last week, Pastor Chad said that we are pursuing Jesus. We're not pursuing what he can do for us. We are pursuing Jesus. We're going after Jesus. We don't know what it looks like. We don't even care what it looks like. We are going after him. And I forgot to mention this in the first service. Um, We are every uh, six mornings a week, Monday through Saturday, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., we are opening up the auditorium. We are having powerful, powerful times of prayer here. We are preparing. We are making room for Jesus. We are making room. And so if you're not working, if um, if your schedule permits, come and join us. If you can't say the two hours, come 15 minutes, come 30 minutes, whatever. But we are preparing the way. We are making room for Jesus, which is where we're going to go with this today. And so we can hoard a lot of things. Uh, The definition of hoard, you can find your um, sermon notes in your worship guide or in your, um, on your YouVersion app. I worked really, really hard on those. And I told Pastor Chad on Friday, I said, this is a lot of work. <laughs> he goes, yeah. And you always want sermon notes. Uh, I, he sends me sermon notes, and then I proof them and print them. And he says, and you always want them by Thursday. And it's just like, well. <laughs> so I have a little compassion on him this week. But anyway, um, hoard. A supply or store of something held or hidden for future use. To store up or keep large quantities of something, often in secret. Building up of clutter to the point where rooms become unusable. Now I want to focus on that. I want you to envision your room as your heart. Got real quiet in here. Making the rooms unusable because we have collected so much junk. Hoarding is the tendency to hang on to items that you don't really need anymore, potentially filling your home and making it very difficult to move around. And I want to share with you today some examples of hoarding. Fear, post-COVID. Anybody hoarding fear? Maybe online, Mount Carmel, in the room. Maybe you're hoarding offense. Offended. The Bible says it is impossible for offense not to come. Has offense come in knocking at your door? And here's one. Sometimes that we can be offended because someone is offended. It's crazy. It's just like they're offended. 
And so it's like, well, I'm offended because they're offended. It's a crazy cycle. Anybody ever been caught on the crazy cycle of offense? Come on now. I'm going to raise both my hands. I have been offended because somebody was offended at me. I forgive them, but I'm offended because they're offended. <laughs> Just say it. It doesn't make any sense. Unforgiveness, doubts, insecurities, bitterness, jealousy, shame, pride, rejection, depression. Oh, I love this one. This one kind of hurts. <laughs> he said, preferences. Sometimes we hoard our preferences. Oh, I really prefer this over that. Like we think we know the heart of the Father. It's like, oh, well, maybe, you know, um, it could be like Amy came up and had this word. Well, bless God, she's taking two minutes of my time. She's not. That was a powerful word wherever Amy is. Repentance. Wow. That was so powerful. Grab hold of that. Repentance. If we want to move towards Jesus, we have to move to repentance. We have to be moved to repent. Amy, that was so, so powerful. Justin, what a powerful word. Wow. But our preferences. Complacency. Oh, and here's the last three. I love them. Selfishness, self-righteousness, and self-pity. Wow, they are the three stooges, you know. Self, me, 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 the me monster. All right? Now, how many hoarders do we have in the house? Yeah, a few more hands going up. Come on. He wants to bring freedom to us today. I want us to pray before we open the word. King Jesus, we invite you into the room. Jesus, you are the reason that we're here. And Holy Spirit, we say come. We give you full access to our hearts. Yeah, come on, guys, right now, give him full access to your hearts. That room in your heart that you've locked away because of hurt, give him access right now. Open it up. King Jesus, we invite you into the room because when you're invited into the room, you're going to invite whoever you want into the room with you. So we thank you, Jesus, for coming and making yourself known today in Jesus' name. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do you love the word of God? Yes. Yes. Woo! We love the word of God. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. In case you're wondering if the word hoarding is in the Bible, it is. It's in the Passion Translation. It's, I, worked, I looked really hard for it. It says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart, say your heart, will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. What do we consider valuable? Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, you may not tie those two scriptures together, but they are tied together. Where our treasure is, there will also be our heart. But sometimes we can hoard, as I said earlier, we can hoard our treasures. We can hoard our spiritual gifts. We can hoard the things. We have life-giving words inside of us that others need to hear. And so we are, um, 
We are grieving the Holy Spirit whenever we don't open our mouth wide. When we don't give. Jesus is our example. Jesus served. He's the greatest example. So why would we not serve? And sometimes the enemy wants to talk us out. Well, what if that word isn't God? Well, I'm going to give you a little teaching here. If you want to prophesy over someone, it's to encourage, exhort, and comfort. And so even if you miss it, well, I feel like, you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. I feel like the Lord. Lewis and I were in Kroger yesterday, and he's so awesome. Like, you know, we fill this cart with groceries, and then he gives me the key, and I go sit in the truck, and then he puts all the groceries in. I mean, he's amazing. Guys, take lessons. He's awesome. And um, so anyway, I'm sitting in the truck, and I see this guy across, and he's in one of those little shopping carts, you know, the little sitting shops. And he's hobbling around like this. And, and I hear the Lord say, go pray for him. He's like, uh, Lewis is almost done unloading the, or putting the groceries up. And like, I need to get dinner started because i got to prepare for the message tomorrow. Okay, just talking myself out of that. And he says, get out of the truck and go pray for him. And so I get out of the truck and go over there. And I said, excuse me. I said, I'll take your sit and shop uh, card and I'll put that up for you. Yeah, okay, thank you. And I said... And while I'm standing here, I said, I just feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you. And I said, what's your name? And he had a mask on. Can't ever tell who anybody is under a mask. Just saying. And so I kind of feel bad. So if, you, if you're ever in a, any place and you have a mask on, I probably won't say you by name because I just can't, I don't know. My mind just doesn't work like that. So anyway, he pulled his mask down. And he was from the, the town that I grew up in. And he's, you know, he told me his name and I said, Oh, I said, well, I'm Richard Bundren's daughter. He goes, oh, I mean, I hadn't seen him in like 40 years. I didn't recognize him. And so I said, I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. I see that you're limping. Well, he just had a knee replacement about six weeks ago, and he wasn't healing very well. And so I had the opportunity to partner with him in prayer, pray for him. And he was so touched. He said, thank you so much for stopping for me. And for praying for me. And he said, can I just give you a hug? And so he just blessed me. And so that was a simple thing. And so I say that to say, you don't have to feel the goosebumps and shaking under the presence of God to go pray for somebody. Just do it. He will empower your yes. So just say yes. If you miss it, so what? But what if you miss it by not going and they walk away not encouraged, not comforted, and not healed because you said it's really selfishness. Selfishness. We're being selfish because, well, what will they think of me? What if I miss? Me, 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 me. I'm just saying, just do it. Just step out and say yes. He's going to empower your yes. And if you fail, so what? You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. It's totally not what we're going to talk about. We're going to go to Zacchaeus. Uh, we're going to talk about him. We're gonna, he's found in Luke 19, 19 verses 1. Um, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. He wasn't stopping at Jericho, but he just stopped. That's really important. He was just passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus. I didn't want to talk about him today. I want to talk about Mary. It's Mother's Day. But Jesus said, talk about Zacchaeus. So somebody needs to hear this. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. That's important. He tried to, he was a, might have been a hoarder, I don't know. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And so some significant things. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. He was very rich, so he might have been holding on to things. He was a man in authority. 
He was hated by the Jews and he was an outcast. That makes a big deal. Think about that. He was curious about Jesus, so he ran ahead. He became like a child. He ran and climbed up in a tree. Now think about that tree. I believe that sycamore trees are really slow grow. And so I think about, wow, that tree had to be planted there for a whole lot of years for one man to come by and climb up in a tree so Jesus could meet him. And so I think about, Jesus is always stopping for the one. And today he's stopping for you. I want you to imagine that you're the only one in the room. And Jesus is stopping for you. And he's saying, I want to go to every room in your heart. Luke, 5, uh, Luke 19, 5 through 7, it says, When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. He knew his name, guys. He knows your name. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Say that with me. Great excitement and joy. You guys are not very excited. Zacchaeus was much more excited. So let's say it again. With great excitement and joy. Yes, that's better. You know, Jesus is fun. Have some fun, guys. Have some fun. We need to have fun as Christians. I remember one time I was in Rural King. It was years and years and years ago, me and a friend of mine. And the spirit of laughter come on over us. And like there was this joy. We weren't laughing about anything spiritual. We just begin to laugh. And so before you knew, we were in the floor laughing hysterically in Rural King in Marion. I know, it's a true story. Really, it happened. And so I don't know how long we were there, but like the men just kind of went away and just left us. And it's just like, we don't care. We're just having fun with Jesus. And I just believe that Jesus just says, yeah, more Jesus. Yeah, just more. I'm going to give them more laughter because serving Jesus is fun. People need to be jealous for what we have. Yeah? If you are living a ho-hum, woe-is-me, self-pity life, I love you. But that's not what he says. We are victorious. He says he will always cause us to triumph. Always. Always. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's always, always, always good, no matter what. God's love will never fail. And so I have reason to be joyous. No matter how dark it is, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So he says, be joyful. Just have fun. It doesn't matter if you're in Rule King sitting on the floor, rolling around. It don't matter. I don't know. It says we're peculiar people, so... Anyway, hallelujah, I did that. I can't believe I did that, but I did. Anyway, so... Great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Can you imagine what they said? Who does he think he is? Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. He owes me money. And Jesus is going to his house. Who does he think he is? Well, could we have been one of those? Maybe. Or maybe somebody said that about you. The responses of Zacchaeus and the crowd were very different. When Jesus visits your house, not everybody's going to be excited, guys. Not everybody will be excited that you're rejoicing and you're jumping and you're twirling and you're having a good time. Not everybody's going to, and they're not going to understand it. And you see, when people don't understand things, they begin to, well, could that be God? They're just faking it. Just saying. When Jesus comes to the Rhodes Church, when revival comes, not everybody's going to be happy. 
And we got to be okay with it. It's not about them. It's all about King Jesus. It's all about King Jesus. I want to say that again. It's all about Jesus, guys. It's all about him. Will we make room for him? Luke 19, 8. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus did not care what they thought. When Jesus walks into your room, are you going to care what people think? Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. But I want to go back. What did Zacchaeus do? He repented, just like Amy talked about in, his word, in her word today. He repented. Zacchaeus, Jesus walked into the room and he began to see how many things he was holding on to that wasn't of God. And he began to repent. It's like none of these things have any value. None of these things have any value because Jesus, King Jesus, is in my room. And none of these other things matter. So he began to repent. But it just wasn't with his words. He did something. You see, when we repent, it's not just a heart change. It is a life change. We begin to do something. When Jesus walks into your room, when I just begin to repent. As Amy so just said so well. And he received salvation. That word salvation is soterra, deliverance, preservation, rescue. He rescued Zacchaeus. He corrected his wrongs. He gave to the poor. And he paid restitution. Wow. That's a big deal. He surrendered his official position and his status for Jesus. Are, you, are we willing to surrender our preferences? Are we willing to surrender unforgiveness? Are we willing to surrender um, um, lack of value? What is it that we need to surrender? Zacchaeus got rid of everything that was hindering him and he made room. I believe right now that God's just beginning to speak to you. It's like, ooh, there's that. Ooh, there's that. Oh, that thing. That happened 15 years ago. I heard that number 15 for some reason 15 years ago. You're still holding on to that? Are you saying that's more valuable than Jesus? I love you. Jesus loves you. It's the knowing of the truth that brings us freedom. Are we after the things of God or the presence of God? We can be busy but ineffective being under Satan's yoke. I can be doing a lot of things. But if I miss the one, then I've missed it. I know this challenges me. When I was preparing this, God just reminded me of last summer whenever we moved uh, my daughter to Florida for school. And we rented this U-Haul. And like, you know, at first she was like, we don't need that. You know, it's like we got plenty of room. So we put stuff in it, put stuff in it, put stuff in it. It was all good. We got to Tennessee. We picked up her roommate's things. And there was all this stuff. And it's like, there's no way that's going to fit. So we unloaded the U-Haul in their driveway. And we started putting things in, putting things in. Then we unloaded again because they didn't fit. So we had to do it a different way. And the Lord just brought that vision back to me. It was pretty comical. But he said, hey, that's how I feel. That I'm in the back of a U-Haul. And you're trying to tuck me in here and tuck me in there. and You're trying to make room for me, but you're squeezing me between all the other stuff. And he says, I want to be the main thing. I want to be driving the U-Haul. 
I want to be the driver that I'm driving you, that I'm directing your steps. I don't want to be back in the back of that U-Haul. And I was just like, wow, God. Show me, get those things out of me that don't belong. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. I want you to say, give up my own way. Give up my own way. Take up your cross and follow me. I want to share a story back in the fall of 2009. I was, it's really an ugly story. And um, I'm really not proud of it, but guess what? He's going to turn my mess. He's going to make me the message. And so my parents in 1984 separated, and um, they ended up divorcing, and I began to harbor unforgiveness against my mom. And I carried it from 1984 until um, 1990, and it was so bad that I'd allowed unforgiveness and offense to become resentment, and I used to physically get sick. Unforgiveness, guys, will make you sick. I'm just saying. It made me physically sick. And God began to deal with me about unforgiveness. And I remember where I was standing in the church that I was attending when he set me free. But forgiveness, guess what? We have to continue to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. He began to deal with me then in 2009 about my stepdad. Might be stepping on some toes. And so he was dying he was close to death, and he says, he was in the Heron Hospital, and he says, um, I want you to go, and I want you to ask him to forgive you. Come on, guys. Sometimes we have to do, go beyond forgiveness, and you've got to go to him. And so I went, and I began to weep and cry. I said, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And unforgiveness affects our children affects our family because my children were robbed of a lot of time with my mom and stepdad and his children because of my selfishness, because I couldn't get over it, just being real guys. And so I'm weeping, and I just, I said, will you forgive me? And then I had to thank him for taking such good care of my mom. And so he's weeping. And I'm weeping, and his children are there, and my brother's there, and my mom. There was this time of healing. And so if that's you, we can't go back. But we can say yes to Jesus and start today, today, and begin that process of healing. God wants to heal those places in our hearts. He doesn't want us hoarding those things that don't belong. It's really quiet in here. I pray that... I just pray that that word is penetrating someone. That God wants to bring freedom in your life. That you're not carrying those things you're not meant to carry. Because it leaves you bent over and it will make you sick. It's the stony places that Pastor Chad talked about last week. If we want a move of God... Do you want a move of God? I want a move of God. I have got to get rid of anything that stands between me and him. It's not worth it, guys. It is not worth it. Offense is not worth it. It's like that bitterness. You're the poison. I'm drinking it. I'm drinking it. And I'm expecting it to kill the other person. It's not going to. It's going to kill you. I've lived it. 
So a year later, my son passes away. And I see my two stepsisters coming down the funeral. Healing had taken place a year before. And they came from um, Georgia and from Carolina just to see me. But I wonder what would happen if I wouldn't have done that. Healing came. Last summer when we moved my daughter to Florida, went to my stepsister's house for the first time ever. And she said, wow, I never thought this day would come. Come on, guys, there's power in forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive today? Who do you need to forgive and release? It doesn't make it okay. Everyone has different hurts, but when you forgive them, you are releasing them. You're letting them off the hook so God can deal with them. Forgiveness is really all about you. I don't know. This is not exactly where I was going to go, but I feel like somebody needs to hear this. Forgiveness is all about this. He says we cannot be forgiven if we do not forgive. Unforgiveness, all of these things that we're hoarding, keeps us as hostage. It keeps us in bondage, guys. And God says, I came so that you can be free. Jesus gave everything for you. Everything for you. Everything for me. And when we hold on to those things, do you know what we're really saying? I love you. I love you guys. We're really saying that 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 I'm holding on is really more valuable than what Jesus did. It's a hard word, but it's true. But because Jesus loves you, he says, hey, look at me. Jesus, I was on the cross, he says. I died for you. Don't hang on to that. Don't hang on to that, guys. It's not worth it. You see, serving Jesus will cost you everything. It will cost you everything. But here's the deal. Not serving Jesus will cost you everything. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.